are here. We are welcome. We welcome you online today. Thank you so much for being with us. If you're in the house today, we are honored that you have chosen uh, to be with us today. I just believe God is doing something really amazing at Radiate Church, and you've chosen the right place to be. Um, if you're taking notes, we want to kick off this series called Stay Positive Today. Week one, uh, we encourage you to take notes and, and title it, and, and not just take the sermon and go home and go, oh, that was good. I'll wait until next week, but to go home and really cut it up and digest it and chew it up and understand what God's trying to say to us through the scriptures. And so we ask you to take some notes at home. Make sure you do that. Week one, and you can title it this. You can title the message this. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. I don't know if anybody else ever got that growing up. Did anybody else? My parents used to tell me that. They'd look at me, Brandon, enough is enough. Anybody else in the room? Are you alive? Anyone here? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, enough is enough. You can title it that. As you're, uh, there, and, and we're really going to be in Romans chapter eight for a lot today. We're going to skip a lot of scripture. So you can go ahead and turn it in or on your Bibles there. Um, but I want to celebrate a few things. Elliot has already celebrated some of it today, but every year we did, or, or this past week, we did our ninth annual You Matter Week that started right here at Radiate Church. Come on, make some noise. I believe consistency makes impact, and uh, we've been doing it since before we ever turned a year old. Um, and here's what You Matter Week is. Elliot explained it, but I want to do it again. It, it's, it's seven days where we come together as a church, as a body of Christ, and decide that we will come together and put our forces together, kind of like Captain America. When our powers combine, we, we come together and we make a difference where we are and uh, in the community in very tangible ways. And, uh, man, we did so many things. There were so many of you that went out and cleaned up neighborhoods. Uh, you delivered food to people. You bought uh, food for people. Um, you, we, we, we got to donate over five or, or 500 headphones to schools in our county this year. Um, just so many amazing things that are taking place at Radiate Church. Yesterday, we ended You Matter Week uh, with a prayer walk. We met at 930 down at Potter Park. About 30 or 40 of us broke into four groups. And uh, we just walked the town and we prayed over every church, business, home and school that we passed and um it was just an amazing time if you came to that thank you but i think i believe what celebrated is repeated and i think we need to celebrate some people that made life change in our community this week come on make some noise this week you can do better than that a little bit louder come on come on we're so excited if you are online and you made that uh uh decision and you were a part of that uh let us know that we'd love to celebrate that with you today so uh, and then I want to celebrate this. This is crazy. So we have a house campus in Florence, South Carolina, about an hour away, uh, that meets every other Sunday night. And last night they hosted their first ever Halloween party, uh, with their house campus. Had about 40 to 45 people show up to a house out there with a bounce house and some food and games. And I think there was chickens involved. I don't want to know about that. And, uh, it was just a great time. They had a great time. So if you're part of the Florence campus, I know you'll be watching this at some point. Thank you so much for being a part of that and, and, and doing that. We just want to celebrate you in the room today as well. Thank you guys. God's doing something amazing at Radiate Church. We're glad that you are a part of it. So a little glimpse into my life today at the very beginning, okay? There's not, I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist. I, I, uh, I'm an optimistic guy. I absolutely hate, I mean hate with a capital hate, 
Um, I just, I hate negativity. I can't stand negativity. I can't stand negative mindsets. I can't stand victim mentalities. Like it gets under my skin and it, and it, I'm an optimist. I, I, I try to see the best in everything. I have to be that way. I'm a Gamecock fan. And so I've had no choice in 37 years of life but to learn to be optimistic. And next year is the year. Any Gamecock fans in the room or online with me here? You know what I'm saying? Put some emojis in the chat. You know, it's it's crazy, uh, but I, I, I am an optimistic guy. But I found it, uh, another glimpse into my life. I found this year it to be harder than any time ever before in my life to be optimistic all the time. I have found it more difficult to stay on the positive side of things than the negative side. I've, I've struggled with things in ways that I've never struggled with things before in my life in 2020. I, I've struggled with, uh, uh, I'll just be real, I've struggled with confidence. I've struggled with my past. I've struggled with actions. I've struggled with positivity in my life in 2020 like I never have before in my life. And, and here's what I'm learning, right? The truth is, I gave you a glimpse into my life, but if I were to look into most of your life, you'd probably say the same thing. You've struggled with this. You've struggled with seeing things on the positive side. And, and the great thing is the Bible actually gives us a good blueprint. It gives us a lot to think about when it comes to being positive and being optimistic and being faith-filled and, and seeing the future and, and looking at the good things. And that's what I really want to talk about over the next several weeks because I don't know if you know this or not, but our world is stinking crazy right now. You know what I'm saying? And we got an election coming up in just a few days that has the potential, uh, depending on how it's received, no matter which way it goes, to where it could be even more divisive. It can be even more volatile. I don't, it doesn't matter about candidates. It's just the way it is. And I just want to be people. The Bible says that as Christians, we're to be set apart, that we're to be different. And I just think if we could go out and learn how to be positive in this world, then we can make a difference. Anybody in the room believe that with me today? Do you believe that online? I just believe we can be positive and make a difference. And here's one of the things, here's one of the reasons I believe, the main reason, if we're just going to have a conversation, that I think most of us struggle, including myself, with positivity more than we ever have before, is we are constantly bombarded with things like we've never been bombarded with them before. Right? I know some people are like, yeah, the media, the media. No, it's it's what we choose as well. It's what we choose as well. We're constantly bombarded with, this is the highest case rate we've ever had in our lives. This is the highest uh, death toll we've ever had. And I'm not saying those things aren't true, true or real. I don't want to take a stand on that uh, publicly right now. But the truth is, is like, we're bombarded with that. We're bombarded. We can't watch football without negativity. We can't watch uh, the news without negativity. Like, I don't know what to do to get away. We go to social media to get away, but then we're bombarded with it on social media. Like, and, and side note, if you haven't seen the Netflix uh, documentary, Social Dilemma, go watch that. It will open your eyes and change your life on a lot of this stuff. But the truth is, is like a lot of these things, we're just bombarded over and over and over. And over time, what happens is like anything else, if you pile something on enough, it becomes too heavy. And so we become to act, we, we begin to act like we don't really want to act. We begin to struggle with things we never struggled with. Did you know? That, that we are right now worldwide, but especially nationwide, we are literally on the verge of the worst and largest mental health crisis to ever hit our nation. And it's not just for adults. It's for ages three and up. 
They're worried about elementary school kids having mental health problems coming out of this because of the negativity and all the things that have come out of it. But I don't know about you, but I just believe this can still be my year. I just believe God can still redeem some things. I just believe God can still do something, but maybe, maybe I got to learn something on the other side too. Are you with me today? Look at somebody and say, enough is enough. Oh, come on now. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all act like you late, the early crowd. Turn to your other neighbor and yell it at them. Enough is enough. That's right. I like yelling at people. I'm kidding. Here's the truth. If we want to stay positive, we've got to understand this truth, this phrase right here, right? A negative outlook never leads to a positive life. A negative outlook never, ever, ever leads to a positive life. We have to learn how to stay positive. We have to learn how to be positive. We have to learn how to be the optimistic, faith-filled people that God asks us to be. But here's the thing. Staying positive requires that we lean in to optimism. That we get rid of, some of us, this is going to be easier than others. Some of us, it's not difficult for us to learn how to, how to be optimistic and to be positive. For others, it is really going to be changing. I mean, it's almost like turning a channel on the, on the TV. You got to turn some channels in our heads to learn how to think more positively rather than negatively. And I want to talk to you about that scripturally. Here's the thing about optimism. Optimism can get a bad name. Optimism can get a bad rap. Here's, here's some misconceptions about optimism. Optimism is not, hear me, is not a denial of reality. Optimism is not looking at your real current situation and going, oh, that's not the truth. That's not the way it is. That's not the way it's going to be. No, uh, you can be optimistic and still be real. The problem is the other side of that, the other argument to, to see in that is, I'm just a realist. You ever heard anybody say, I'm just a realist. I just call it like it is. No, half the time you're just being a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Just be real about the situation and be optimistic about the situation. I can look and say, well, this is my life right now. These are my finances. This is the amount of money I bring in. This is what I do. This is how it works. But I believe this is still my year. But I believe God's going to redeem something. But I believe God has the final say, not me. But I believe things are going to shift more in the kingdom and they're going to come into, into alignment with God. Anybody in the room with me today? Optimism is not a denial of reality. Optimism is also not blind faith. It's not going into something without prayer. It's not going into something going, I'm not going to put my due diligence in. I'm not going to put my effort in. I'm not going to put my prayer in. I'm not going to put my listening to the Spirit in. Here's the thing. It's not blind faith is this. I'm not going to put my, fo my, my foot in. I'm not going to do my work. I'm just going to wait on God to bail me out. That's not optimism. That's asking God to be our lifesaver. And he is our spirit saver, but sometimes we need to get ourselves out of situations we got ourselves in. And we need to trust in him to do that. Optimism is not blind faith, just believing that things can happen just because. Optimism is confidence about the future or a successful outcome. Optimism is going, yeah, but... Yeah, but there's something on the other side. Yeah, but I can come out of COVID better than I went into COVID. Yeah, but I can come out knowing God better than I went in knowing God. I, yeah, but I can. there's a successful outcome on the other end. Does anybody want to come out better than they went in to this virus, into this season, into this time, into this year? Anybody in the room and online want to come out better than you went in? That's successful outcome. We got to learn to agree with that. We got to learn to go, yes, I'm going to come out better. I don't care what's happened. I'm going to come out better. Optimism is this. 
the unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. The unwavering expectation. The, the expectation that God, no matter what happens around me, I know who you are in me, and I will not change my expectation because of what's happening around me. I know what you can do. I know your character. I know your heart. I know who you are. And because of that, I have an expectation that you're working everything out for my good, no matter what. In fact, the Bible talks about this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, one of my favorite scriptures of all time, I, I, I quote it all the time. In fact, during this season, during this year, I've quoted it probably every other week since May. It's this. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and it says this. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Somebody say all things. God causes what? All things to work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Hear me today. God causes all things, not just the good things, not just the times that you're in your prayer closet enough, not just the moments that worship hits like you think it should hit, not just the moment where the pastor preaches a message about somebody else and not you, not just the moments that everything is going well and you've done everything right that week. No, God takes those things and he says, I need those mixed with the other. God says, I take the good, the bad, and the ugly. I take the things that you're hiding, you know, the pain that you went through 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago that you don't want to hand to God because he just don't need it and you need to hide it and just get over it. God's saying that may be the missing ingredient for the very recipe that I've been trying to cook up in your life anyway. He says, I'm going to work all things. I'm going to take everything, good, bad, ugly, no matter what. I'm going to put it in this bucket. I'm going to stir it up. And I'm going to pour out everything of my spirit into your life because now you're trusting me with all things. We have this misconception sometimes that God just wants the good things. God doesn't want just the good things. God doesn't want just the things that you do right in your life. God doesn't want just the things that you do perfect in your life. God wants the things that you do right. God wants the things that you try to do right and you mess up on. And God wants the things that you didn't even try to do right and you still messed it up. God wants it all. And it says that he takes all of those, he works it together in a recipe, and he pours out his blessing on your life. For what? For those who love God. So here's my hope. Here's your hope today. As I put my faith, as I put my life in Jesus, as I put my identity in God, as I put my love in my Father, I am comforted by the fact that no matter what happens in my life, He takes it all and He works it for good. Because I love Him and He loves me. He takes every bit of COVID and he goes, I'm going to take that and everything that it exposed in your life that you now struggle with, I'm working it for your future good. It's an unwavering expectation of what Paul, the apostle, said right here in Romans 8, 28, whenever he was reminding us. Because here's the truth, even a negative situation, even a negative situation, think of a negative situation in your life, maybe over the past year, maybe over the past week, just a negative situation. Even a negative situation still holds the potential for a powerful purpose. 
even a negative situation, even the worst of the worst. I know, I know you should be disqualified. I know it hurts. I know it's frustrating. I know all this stuff, but the truth is God goes, no, even the negative, the worst, the hardest, the most frustrating situation, it holds the potential for a powerful purpose in your life. If you love God and give him the ingredients, don't try to hold it back from God. God doesn't want us to hold anything back. God wants us to give it all to him. Don't think you're doing God a favor by hiding something. Because you won't hide it from him anyway. He wants it. He desires it. He asks for it. Give him your past. Give him your hurt. Give him your frustrations. Give him the things you don't even fully understand about this season in your life. And go, God, work it all together for good because I know that I love you and I know that you love me. He works all things, no matter what, an unwavering expectation. I got three things real quick about leaning into optimism. This helping anybody so far today? Let's lean into optimism. Three quick things. Number one, we have to think about what we think about. We have to learn to think about what you think about. Here's what I mean by that. Take this thought. What consumes your mind will control your life. What consumes your mind, I think this is the biggest obstacle most of us have in our lives. What consumes our mind will control our life. Nobody on the face of the planet wakes up during the day and all day long it's like, I hate that car. My life is this. I can't believe that. This is terrible. This is rough. I've got that. And we have negative thoughts throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, we lay down and we go, man, what an amazing day I had. Do you know why? Because what consumes my mind controls my life. That's why most of us, and I'll talk about this in a minute, but that's why most of us are living out fear because all we're consuming is fear and negative mentalities, negative news, negative this, negative that. And some of us are like, well, I don't watch the news. How, when's the last time we watched uh, Facebook? Here's what I have people say to me all the time. They're like, pastor, how can I get closer to God? How can I know God better? What can I do to get closer to God? I, I want to hear his voice. And here's one of the questions I'll ask him all the time. When's the last time you read your Bible? Well, pastor, that's just a struggle. It's boring to me. It's boring to me. I, that's a struggle for me, pastor. I just, you know, I read it on Sundays and then, you know, I'll read a scripture or two throughout the week. Well, there's your answer. That's why you're not closer to God than you want to be because you're not consuming what he gave you to consume. And then I'll look at him and go, man, when's the last time you read Facebook? Well, that was as soon as I woke up, my eyes opened this morning. I pulled up my phone and clicked on the app because I can't miss gossip, but I can miss his word. Come on, somebody. How ironic. We're streaming on Facebook. Now. <laughs> the truth is, though, is we want to complain that we can't hear God's voice whenever we're listening to everybody else's way more than we are his. What consumes my mind controls my life. I can't complain. Let me put it this way. I can't complain about gaining the wrong kind of weight in, in, when I sit around and eat Twinkies and never go to the gym. That's not my wife's fault. That's not anybody else's fault. It's not John's fault who's judging me right now because I eat Twinkies. It's nobody's fault but mine. It's my choice. It's my ability. It's my moment. And then I can't sit back and go, oh my goodness, I just gained the wrong kind of... No, I chose to eat the wrong kind of things. I can't complain about my life when I don't do anything to consume anything any different. Are you following me today? 
What consumes my mind controls my life. Here's the truth of the matter. The quality of our life will never, hear me, the quality of our life will never exceed the quality of our thoughts. The quality of my, if my thoughts are always doom and gloom, can I tell you something? The truth of the matter is, so my life will live that. I will be the example of that. If my mind is always, my marriage is this, then my, my relationship is that, my finances are this, my finances are that, whatever. If that's my mindset, I will live that out. My quality of my life will never exceed the quality of my thoughts. Romans chapter 12 gives us a great example of the Apostle Paul, yet again, one of my favorite couple of scriptures right here. He tells us something in the first two verses of Romans chapter 12. It's about to come on the screen for you. And I want to read them because it is a key to changing everything, changing everything in our lives. Let's read that together. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God. He's going, I'm begging you. You ever heard somebody go, by God, will you? Right? This is what he's saying. I'm begging you by the mercy of God. Please present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. He's saying, I just want you to give your entire life, your mind, your spirit, your strength, your body, your life, your actions, your thoughts, your sight, your everything. Just give it to God as worship. Watch this. In verse 2 tells us how to do that, right? In verse 2 says this, And do not be conformed, do not be shifted to this world, but be changed or transformed by the renewing, the made new of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's what he's saying. I want you to present your bodies, your entire life, as worship. But the only way you can do that is you first have to change your mindset. Nothing changes until you change what you think. Your quality of life never increases until your mind increases its thought processes. He says this, he says, and then when your mind is made new and you are transformed and changed by the renewing of your mind through Christ, then and only then will you be able to prove what the will of God is. So here's what he's saying. Our natural mindsets that we have before we turn them over to God, we cannot comprehend, approve, or go into what God has called us to do with his will and his good, pleasing, and perfect, acceptable will of God. He says you have to be changed by the changing and renewing of your mind. What consumes our mind controls our thoughts. So number one, we have to think about what we think about. Number two, we have to starve our fears. This is one of the greatest ones we've got to learn. We have to learn to starve our fears. We have to look at this truth. What we feed grows. Let me show you something in Philippians chapter 4 in verse 8. Philippians 4, 8 says this. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. Somebody say whatever. Whatever is true. Some of y'all like whatever. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Here's what Paul's not doing. He's not looking and going, hey, Austin, this is good. This is true. This is honorable. This is right. He's saying whatever in your life has truth to it. Now, let me talk about something real quick, because there's this, 
There's mindset that's going around in the world today that's, that's very dangerous. It's permeated the church in a way. It's called relativism. Relativism is called relative truth. Relative truth means that the truth changes according to my situation. The truth fits my circumstance. If I want it to be true, then I conform the truth to fit what I want it to mean. If I don't like that God set this law and this is how it's supposed to be and this is what it looks like to love him, then I will move and conform that truth to fit my narrative and my relativism. And I want to tell you something. Truth doesn't change. Circumstances shift. Circumstances change. Truth never does. God never does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the truth he had then is the same truth he has now. He is God and God alone. And I cannot conform the truth to fit my needs. I have to, I have to conform to fit the truth. Are you following me today? And so where we're at is, he says this, throw that back up for me. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, if there's honor in it, man, appreciate it. Whatever's right, if it's right and not wrong, live in that. Whatever's pure, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely. Here's what lovely means. I look at my wife and I go, man, she sure is lovely. It looks good. It makes me feel good. But here's the truth. Watch this. Only paying attention to what makes us feel good and not putting it through the other things is what gets us in trouble. Well, that feels good to me, so I think I'm going to do it. And God said he wants me to be happy. God is more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. So I have to not only look at whatever is lovely, I have to look at, is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it of good reputation? Hear me. Watch this one. Is it worthy of praise? If I'm doing something and I have to do it in the dark and can't talk about it around some people, I probably shouldn't be doing it. Because praise is public. If the only time I worship God is when nobody's around, I'm not really worshiping God. I'm just making myself feel better. All right, anybody left in the room today? If it's in dark, it's not praise. Because praise is meant, watch this, praise is meant to be public to bring about a victory. Praise is something you're celebrating. Praise is something you're here for. That's why I get frustrated sometimes at churches, and I want to be like in our church, to be quite honest, to where I'm like, why can't we worship? We praise an 18-year-old when he scores a touchdown, but we can't praise our Savior when he rose from the grave three days after death and he proved everybody wrong and told him he is the Messiah. I can't praise him, but I can praise them. Anybody? All right, praise God. Teenagers, if you're online, if you're in here, I just want you to hear me. If you have to date somebody in the dark and in secret, probably shouldn't be dating them. It's not worthy of those things. And he says this. He says, all these things dwell on these things. In other words, sit right in the middle of these things. Look at all this stuff, whatever's true, honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's good reputation. If there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, sit in these things things. I have to starve my fears because the fears that we feel are none of those things. The enemy takes fear and he paralyzes us with it. And he wants us to work in fear instead of faith. But fear is, fear can be masqueraded as faith and being a cautious faith. No, 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 no. God never looked and said, hey, I want you to be really safe when you follow me. He said this, I want you to follow me with all abandon. In fact, he said, let the dead bury their dead and you come with me. Watch this. Now, I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm talking about following God with abandonment. 
and just saying, God, I love you. I'm with you, and I will dwell on these things. Are you still with me today? Starve your fears. Romans 8, 38 through 39, going back to Romans chapter 8, it says this. It's, I've got to find it. There it is. It says, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Verse 37, here's verse 38. For I am convinced, watch this, this is hope. This is hope for somebody today. This is hope for somebody. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Hear me today. There's nothing that you are afraid of. There's nothing that you're concerned about. There's no virus. There's no election. There's no unseen circumstance. There's no seen circumstance that can ever separate us from the love of God no matter how difficult it is, no matter how frustrating it is, no matter how many tears you cry God is still standing there and he's still saying you have not been separated from my love you have been connected to my love through the heart and the sacrifice of Jesus and nothing that you will ever go through will ever change that and God's saying I love you no matter what and that ought to excite somebody in the room today because you have not been separated you have been connected we got to starve our fears man we got to starve our fears and here's the last one Here's the last one. We have to stop, stop taking things personally. So we have to think about what we think about. <laughs> we have to starve our fears and we have to stop taking things personally. See, pessimists or people that lean more towards a negative skew of life seem to take everything personal and permanent. Because for some reason in society today, I'm just going to be real, I feel like, it, and there's no age to it, I just feel like it's life right now. We live in this world of constant offense. If we're not always mad at somebody, then we're not really living life. If we don't always have a problem, then we're not really living life. And here's the truth, hear me. If nothing can separate me from the love of God, why am I giving all that stuff that much equity in my life? It's not always personal. It's not always permanent. Just because they looked at you and said something doesn't mean they hate you for the rest of their lives. Because here's the truth, and this is true about you, this is true about me, this is true about people we don't even know, and it's this. Everybody is carrying something we know nothing about. So what if their problem isn't even with you, but it's with someone else from 15 years ago when their mom and dad did them wrong? And we need to work through that. Instead of going, they hate me. Oh my goodness, I can't take this. Stop taking things personally. See, I, I love Romans 8.28. We've already talked about Romans 8.28. We've already quoted Romans 8.28. All things work together for the love of those who love God, for the good of those who love God. But you know what I love about Romans 8.28? It comes right one chapter after Romans 7. Romans 7 was Paul's very transparent internal battle with himself and in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 Paul makes this statement he actually says this nothing good dwells in me the man that wrote a large portion of the New Testament one of the greatest martyrs and preachers and, and teachers and church planners and leaders in the Bible 
And he's having this internal conversation in chapter 7 of Romans. And he's talking about how I'm doing things I don't want to do. And I'm thinking things I don't want to think. And I'm going through things I don't want to go through. And he actually makes this statement in verse 18 of chapter 7. Nothing good dwells in me. You know, if we don't, if, if, if we just read his highlights, we want to sit back and go, no, he never had that problem. That's, that's what we do on social media too. We just look at people's highlights and go, they don't, they don't struggle the same I do. Sometimes we just need to cut things off. We need to get off of stuff. We need to starve our fears. We need to cut off the news. We need to cut off social media. We need to stop consuming things that are going to hurt us. Paul goes, man, there's just nothing good in me. And if we just see his highlights, we miss that. But then the very next chapter, Romans 8, 18, he says this. It's so good. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. They're not even the same ballpark. They're not even in the same conversation. They are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. In other words, the man that has been flogged, arrested, beaten, threatened, or made fun of, made a spectacle out of, man that will once become a martyr for God, all these things are taking place in Paul's life. And in the midst of all that, he says, all my struggles where there's nothing good that dwells in me, when I struggle internally, when everything outside is coming against me and it's difficult, here's what he says. He says, I consider the sufferings that I have right now, they are not even worthy to be compared the same conversation as to what God's going to bring out of this. Think about that. I know right now everything is up in the air and it doesn't make a bit of sense. It's negative. We're divisive. We want to fight. We want to, we want to argue. Social media is our life and our identity. And I just want to tell you, nothing can separate you from the love of God and nothing you go through is even worthy of being in the same conversation as the glory that God is going to bring out of this. I know it doesn't feel like it right now. I understand that. But if we'll stay positive and we'll stay faith filled, I believe God's going to do something amazing. Let me ask you this. What's your struggle today? What's your struggle? Verse 26 of Romans chapter 8 puts it like this. It says, and I'm just going to read the first part. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. I don't know about you, but I need more of the Spirit of God in my life. And here's what Paul tells us in Romans 8. Hey, you want more of the Spirit? It's through your weakness that he shows up. It's in your struggle that he is made strong. It's in your frustration that he is glorified. What is your struggle? Because here's what I know. When I'm weak, his help is on the way. Watch this. When I'm hurting, guess what? He's my comfort. When, when I'm confused, he's my God. When, when I'm discouraged, he's my hope. When he's anxious, when I'm anxious, he's my peace. And when I'm weak, he's my strength. And when I'm alive, he's my God. And I'm just here to tell you, yeah, go ahead. We need to make some noise for what God's doing because here's the truth. I believe there's some things that are shifting in people that, today. I just, I know that the word says that when the word is spoken, it doesn't return void. 
And listen to me, I just believe there's some channels just changing in people's mindsets that go, man, I just need to be more positive. What would our world look like if we walked out and we said, I'm not getting caught up in the whirlwind of negativity. I'm going to force myself to be faith-filled and positive. Not naive. Not biased against reality. But positive. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to, no matter what happens on election day, guess what? God wasn't caught off guard. Whether, you're, whether your candidate wins or loses, guess what? God's going, I already knew that. It's all good, man. I got this. Because he's either God or he's not. And that's where we got to be with this. And so I just choose to make a difference in this world. I will stay positive. In one of the most difficult times in our generation, I'll stay positive. I'll be a city on a hill. I'll be a light that stands out in the darkness. I'll be the salt and the light that he asks us to be in his word. I don't know about you, but is anybody in the room ready to make a difference in this world and be positive and show people the joy of the Lord is our strength? Would you stand to your feet with me today? I just know what God can do. i got a quick next step I want to tell you about. Every week in this series, there is a different Bible reading plan we have that we would love for you to consume with us. Because what consumes our thoughts controls our life. And so we want you to consume the Bible with us. And on the screens right now, there's a QR code. It's going to be on our social media page as well and our website. But if you take your phone out and just pull up the camera and zoom in on that QR code, there will be a link that pops up. Just click that link and it takes you right there so you can subscribe uh, to a digital Bible reading plan right now. And it, it goes right along with being optimistic. It'll take you to, if you click on the link later on this week, it's on our website. It's on our web, uh, on our social media pages. Because here's what we want to do. We don't want to just preach a message. We want to live what we talk about. We want to consume this thing. And online, I'd love for you right now, I'd love for you to be a part of that. If you're watching us, I don't care where you are across the nation. We have people all over the nation that watch us. We'd love for you to be a part of that and let us know. Each and every week. And here's what I want you to do this week. Let's just go be positive, man. Let's go vote this week, and let's be positive when we do it. Let's be positive no matter the outcome. Let's be positive no matter what happens in our life this week. Let's be positive at work. And let's just show people God is bigger than anything I can face. Let me pray over you. Father, we honor you. We worship you. We give you everything we have. And God, I just pray that you'd help us stay positive. Help us live a life of positivity. Help us live an optimistic life. Because here's what I know. I believe you're breaking chains. I believe things are shifting in our lives today. And God, I just declare over every person in the room and every person online today, anybody that will watch this throughout the week, I just declare that positivity, optimism, faith is going to take over our fears. Let us take the next step and consume the Word of God more than anything else. God, if we need to turn off the news and social media and all that stuff, let us just turn it off and let us turn you on. Let us turn on to you. Let us find out what you have to say. And let us love you today. God, we just, I honor you. And I thank you for what you're doing in this house because here's what I know. I know what you're doing behind the scenes at Radiate Church. And I believe it's going to change a region and it's going to change the world. I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for the people that aren't yet in the room, but they're coming. 
And God, let us be good stewards of that because I believe that life change is about to take place. Let us walk out of here and be positive. We love you and we honor you. And if you believe that God is changing something in your life, would you make some noise today, right now? Come on, John.